0: Name for me a hotter Hollywood pair right now, both literally and figuratively, okay? Then Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. I will patiently wait, sweetheart. I will wait, okay? And then on top of that, imagine in the height of all of this sensationalism and attention that they're getting, working with them on a very cathartic, project, a movie about all things, but almost like the downside and the nitty-gritty of fame and life of the rich and famous. Well, if you have been thinking about all of these things, we got a treat for you today. Santa came early, okay, because I am with Tim Sutton. Tim is the writer and director of the new film, aforementioned, Taurus, that stars Machine Gun Kelly. It has an awesome cast, like I said, Megan Fox, Ruby Rose. So Tim, welcome to Cancel Me, Baby, and your baby. This movie is coming out into the world.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I love the intro too. They're, they're such. A, they're, they're like such. They're so in a fishbowl, and this movie yeah. is puts them in a different fishbowl. It's a completely different bowl.
0: But is it though? Because that's what is so fascinating, I think. And by the way, I'm kind of channeling Megan today with this very risque (laughs) cut out shirt. She's been my muse lately, so Mm -hmm. I'm just going for it. Balls to the wall, boobs to the wall, whatever you have it today. I just
1: saw saw her the other day at a screening and she was wearing this matching, like this green green sweatsuit that was just like, like bright bright kelly green and it was just amazing
0: it's such a vibe i feel like i used to when i was you know on red carpets in hollywood i dressed like your grandma's sofa was like the (laughs) like literally and now she really has people are like what's gotten into you i love it and i'm like it's called megan fox bitch like (laughs) look it up um but yes i mean how crazy of a moment for you tim given that everyone is paying attention to them right now and yeah you happen to do this project at the pinnacle of their um, moment, peak, right yeah,
1: now? Yeah, it's it's peak peak MGK and Megan for sure.
0: Is that a little like trippy for you?
1: It's totally trippy. It first of all, it's awesome because you know, the, the movie is supposed to be about this, this, this damaged rock star who, you know, ha, has everything he wants, but, but, but wants nothing at all. And I mean, in a way it's like, it is Colson's alter ego, you know? And so when we were doing it and, and, you know, I had written a part for the ex, I, I it was obvious. I wrote it for Megan and, and, you know, they're very respectful of each other's process so you know she's there are certain things she doesn't want to step on his toes he doesn't want to step on her toes like they they do a lot of things together but they also have their separate identities and it was really important that she came in on this project because it adds that 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 ultra layer of meta that the movie that the movie really needs and uh you know they're they're yeah they're like the biggest the celebrity couple in the world but at the same time they're artists, and they show that they're artists in the movie, which which is I'm I'm as proud of anything about.
0: I'm excited to get into that um, with you now. Before we do, people are like you said, right? He plays this sort of self-destructive, almost empty, um, troubled rock star. Yeah. And people are, while it's a tale of fiction, people are going to watch this and draw their own conclusions. Going. How autobiographical is this? Yeah. How much input did they have? Right. So, not that you can speak for him. Obviously, you wrote this film, but what would you say to that, to people who it's almost left up to interpretation? Right.
1: Well, I love it. I think, uh, you know, yes, I can't speak for him, but I, I can say that we both love the gray area that, that, that the movie, you know, kind of occupies. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of fact in this movie as much as there is fiction. And the, the you know scenes of that are more documentary feed the scenes that are more fiction and vice versa. So you you create this kind of this world where it's really fertile ground, but you don't right. know exactly what you're watching. I love shit like that. Yeah, and I think and and Colson, you know, we wanted to make something really authentic, and 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 you can do that with fiction, but it's always what I love to do is is mix that fiction with a real interview that that's taking place or you know uh, a recording studio that's run by Colson and his and his mate Slim in the way that they would do it you know not in a movie way but in the way that they would actually do their work so it becomes more authentic and I think authenticity in this movie is what you know I don't care what people take away as long as they get immersed in it and I think it's hard not to.
0: Absolutely and with that being said because I imagine I've been on a lot of movie sets, a lot of big blockbuster movie sets, right, which I right. imagine is more, I mean, indie films like this are, I've I've interviewed so many directors and stars of of indie films on my show because I think you guys have so much more creative freedom and liberty and it's just uh-huh. ripe for more of, you know, um, a, a more of like of a playground of what you want to do. But with that being said... I've seen the dynamic between directors and actors, and it's a really special thing. Um, So given everything that you just said, how did you kind of work hand in hand with him to bring out that dynamic and that authenticity of someone who's living this life, but perhaps it's not his exact life. Like, Can you pinpoint, for example, something that he brought to the table that was like Tim this like maybe it's thematic right like this would be in real life like let's add this because this is a shit that actually goes down or that I've
1: experienced absolutely absolutely um well I mean first I I do want to say like you know some some actor and director relationships work best when they clash and they kind of beat on each other until there's you know they both have a, a mutual respect Uh, Colson and I don't have anything like that. We, we trusted each other. We, it's just kind of this weird, you know, how you connect with certain people and, and you just have that connection and it's just, it's there and it's been there for thousands of years. It's kind of like that. We make an odd couple, but as artists, we know exactly what the other one wants. Mm -hmm. And we were, and there's this kind of vibe that, you know, we were just both hands on the wheel all the time. And, and it felt really good. And the process was, was completely smooth. Now, I also say that because it was smooth because he was so willing to open himself up to risk, to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to think, like we've talked about, like people are going to think Machine Gun Kelly's a drunk cokehead who like goes out in the middle of traffic and gets hit by cars. That's all, that's performance. You know what I mean? But he's willing to take that risk to have half the world think, oh, he's just, he's just a drunk. Oh, he's just, he's just playing himself. He's just playing himself. He's playing a, 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 like a version of himself in a bizarro, darker world, but he's also performing and he's open, you know, that's talent. That's, that's acting talent. And you can't, as a director, you got to just hope that that's where your guy's going to go. And, and luckily for me, that's, that's where he's going to go, but like things he brought. Mm -hmm. So the whip it, when he does whip it in the bathroom, like I, I had him doing bumps in the script, he's like, "You know what? It's way more sad if I was doing a whip it." I was like, "All right, great, do it." And so there are these little things, these little yeah. details that I would think like, "Ah, that doesn't matter," but they totally do, It makes you so much sadder. It's just like, "Oh, bro, you're the world famous musician, and you're doing a whip it in your bathroom." It's it makes you it makes your heart bleed for the guy. Um, things like that, but yeah. certainly the recording the music with little TJ that recording session, you know, that was that was. I, I, my job was to get out of the way and let the musicians be the musicians. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Did you write this movie with him in mind?
1: I, I, yes, absolutely. I, I mean, there are other, there's other, other things involved. Like, listen, I was 25 when Kurt Cobain died. It left a void in me. That's still there. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it all comes from, from Colson, but I had just worked with him. I knew that he, I wanted him to play the role when I was writing it, uh, you know, you see him. Um, but there's, you know, there's influences of the lives of, like, other people who who, who lived a similar lifestyle, like Lil Pete, or um, Juice World or you know, these guys who are, like, you know, dead too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I handed the script to one person, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was always, that was ever, it was never going to be anything like that.
0: So kind of diving into what you alluded to earlier with, uh, you know, in terms of these huge pop culture figures versus the person or the artist, shed some light on that for us, right? Like they are these provocateurs, oh, um, you know, constantly ruffling feathers and mm-hmm. sending shockwaves. And yet here you are with them on set getting to see the human the artist, the person, what is that? What was that dichotomy and give us a peek into that world, something that we wouldn't know, um, you know, from the outside.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, Well, like, I mean, you get little bonus things in your movie, like he was playing Lollapalooza. So we went and filmed it, you know, like that, that would have cost $5 million to recreate and we got it for free. You know what I mean? Or the cost of a plane ride. So there's certain perks you have with this global superstar and you can kind of tag along mm-hmm. but what what what's interesting to me is also their professionalism because you see them they own the internet they they completely own the internet they run the show they're they're uh they're on a whole other level but what i'm really excited about the world sees is, is that they're real they're both artists like megan came to set for uh, her two scenes and she was a total pro she went to the dressing room. There's no to-do. She came with her own clothes. She asked to see me and for the fight scene that's in the, in the sound studio. And she said, how long have they been broken up? And how long do you want the scene to be? Those were the two questions she asked me. And then she just went in there and delivered four takes, like blew us all away. You know what I mean? And if you watch her in those scenes... She has no lines in either, of the, in either of the scenes in the movie, but there's so much heart and soul and so much charisma coming from her that it just radiates the screen. I knew that, I knew that could happen, but like she's not even talking. She's not even Megan, like she's, she's it, it's, it's real. It's like their real relationship transferring be- before our eyes, the hard parts and also the loving parts.
0: Well, that's what was fun to watch because it's that meta thing you're talking about, right? Of the blend of (laughs) real and fiction and all that is really fun. And even hearing you talk about that, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Kim Kardashian effect. And I, you know, I've met Kim and I've interviewed her and like Megan and MGK, it's this thing where I think they get a bad rap for like being over sensationalized and putting themselves out there and being provocative, right? But on the other end of it, like in Kim's case, she's a businesswoman, and these guys' case, they're artists, they're actors. And in terms of, like you say, they're constantly breaking the internet and owning the internet. There's a part of me that gives them props because it's like, is it smart business wise, right? Like we're in the, the business of visual media.
1: Absolutely, they're both. They're, uh, MGK is a genius, is a marketing genius, and so is and so is Megan. And I right. mean that as an ultra ultra compliment, because right. I think there are a lot of great artists or, or there are a lot of celebrities who are just doing the same kind of thing. They're leaders in that, like the 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 kind of the world follows their cues. And I mm-hmm. think that's really, you know, it, it, there's nothing crass about that. And and some of it is strategic because they are business. And some of it is like their lives and their business are all kind of meld into the same kind of same existence. And um, and I think it's probably really challenging lifestyle, but it doesn't interrupt the celebrity, doesn't interrupt the art. The music doesn't interrupt the the fashion. Like it, they all work together. And and that's what's really impressive to me about both of them is they're 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 on so many different fronts. They're they're kind of leaders.
0: Well, with that being said. Where do you land on the idea of celebrities putting themselves out there, perpetuating being in the limelight and not saying they do this. This is a theme I just explore on my show after being Uh so immersed in Hollywood for years. And then on the other end of it, what this movie explores, which is the sad and, again, destructive side of always, quote, being on display, Right. right? Like I've said, I've had the controversial take and been like, listen. Like, you know what business you're in, you know what you're getting yourself into. If you want to be under the radar, you know, go pull a Harrison Ford post up in a log cabin and like be on the down low. Right. Right. Um, Because I think it lands, you know, in a weird way with people when it's like, oh, the limelight. But it's like, okay, but how how active of a participant are you in that? So where do you fall in that debate? Because obviously this film does look at a very empathetic view of constantly being a famous person on display
1: yeah i mean i think it has to do with the person like mm-hmm. you know i i I know people i know actors who like still have flip phones and do zooms from closets <laughs> who are they're at their friend's house you know right? like you know that they they don't know either they don't know how to manage it or they don't want to or they don't want any piece of it right so it, it really depends but like with colt first of all with colson like you know one of colson's goals was to kind of rule the world you know not everybody feels that way but he he, i think he really wanted to do that with music i think he wants to eventually do that with with movies and and i think he wants to do that like his cat his cafe in cleveland with coffee like he wants he he his his nail polish brand i mean he has so many different ideas and he wants to put them out there at 120 miles per hour and 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 at 11 each time he doesn't want to do anything Small, and I think that's really exciting. At the same time, as an artist, he was willing to kind of go down this dark side that he could have been. Like that's the things. Like he went, he did this movie because he didn't live that. He didn't go this direction in in life. He became the other version of it. But I think it was important for him to kind of see what that dark side would have like would have been like through through performance. But I, I I do think like at heart, I know him as an artist. You know what I mean? And that's 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 the Colson that I know. Mm-hmm. The other stuff it, it's impressive to me, but the artist is the most impressive. The musician, the person who sits at that keyboard and comes up with stuff that's just gonna be a big hit. Like I don't know how people do that. And he does it. Um, and at the same time, you know, takes this kind of this this small art film in a way and and makes it something kind of bigger than 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 it than it could than it could have been without him. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, lastly, that was so beautifully said, how you, Mm -hmm. how you put it, you know, it could have been this path, but I went on this path and the path displayed in this movie is unfortunately something that we see time and time again. I mean, look at, you know, the horrible death of Aaron Carter, that just literally, this is on the heels of that. Right. And this is, you know, it's funny. I was recently reading um, a feature that Rolling Stone did on Eddie Van Halen, and I never knew this about him, but he, they talked about how he would numb himself before performances with substances and alcohol and this and that, because of the immense pressure. And, you know, again, this is unfortunately, you know, the tale as old as time. So I'm wondering for you, lastly, this is a twofold, but one, is it just that people have these issues and famous rock stars just happen to be ones who put this issue on display or it's the lifestyle that helps create it and perpetuate it i don't know if that Mm. makes that's that's my first question and then my second question is because this is a tale um that is sort of sadly timeless what about your movie gives it a different lens a different sprint you know brings a different um light to that to it
1: right well, I think the first question is, is tricky, but the first person who came to mind was actually Bono. Like Bono is, was ruled the world. They had the biggest, U2 is the biggest rock and roll band in the world for de- a solid decade probably. And they've been a band, a successful band for 40 years. He seems pretty well adjusted to, to the fame and, and is able to like do so many different things on, on a high level and never kind of went down that totally dark path. So I, don't, I, don't, I think it's the personality, not just the fame right um cuz right. because there's certain person let's say like amy winehouse who just like likes her drugs but like once she started depending on them couldn't control it because all the different recording and all the, her her father getting in get putting pressure on her to keep to keep mm-hmm. doing uh performances and then the fans and then the trolls on the internet mm-hmm. everything just uh, i think some people are sensitive I mean, it's hard to to have that thick skin and not I I get one negative DM and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, think of getting thousands and thousands of them before you even wake up in the morning. Yep. So I think it's there's a certain personality that like Kurt Cobain, who just wanted to make music and be a rock and roll singer. And then all of a sudden, everything else that came with it was just brought on despair. So I, I think some people are are emotionally prepared for it and some people aren't. I think Colson is, is an example of who's done both. I think he's spent a lot of time in his career, you know, in the world, in a world of substance and, and in a world of kind of darkness. And, and I think there's a darkness that is definitely natural to him, but he's able to, he's able to kind of overcome that and, and see the bigger picture, which is. You know, being this, being this rock and roll star can also affect a lot of people in a really positive way and affect him in a positive way as well. Um, the second thing, the second part of the question, I, you know, the movie doesn't have a message, so to speak, and I'm not really into movies with like very loud messages. It helps. What I wanted, what, I, what I, I think the movie to me is about the creative process and all the things that get in the way of the creative process. The creative process is a really simple thing. It's something that everybody has. It's the doing that one thing that you love, that one thing that you love to do. And then all the shit that gets in the way of that, whether that's the the, uh, social media or money or drugs or the industry or fans or yourself. Yeah, exactly. All the things that can get in the way. this movie is about trying to break through all that and and, fi- and find your mu- music again and make that last song. Otherwise, I just want, I-, I want people to be in the room. You know, I want people to be in the room with him. I want people to be sitting on that couch and be tempted by the same line of, 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 of Coke that he is. I want him to be in the room when he's making music with little TJ and feel the joy of making music. I want him to be at that executive lunch and be like, I don't want to be a brand ambassador, you know know what I mean? I just want people to get an intimate sense of what what it's like, because, you know, fame and fortune is probably really great in many ways. But we're all human beings, even the famous. And it it takes its toll. and, And I think this movie shows that.
0: Well, I so appreciate it. And especially in a time right now where everyone wants to be famous and it's so perfect on social media. And so what you're shedding light on that raw reality, right. um, is something that I, and I know my listeners, uh, for sure appreciate. So Tim, thank you so much. I'm so stoked to have been a part of this and, you know, I've been looking forward to it and thanks for bringing, you know, the good, bad and ugly and truth of rock and roll, uh, to our screens with, yes, not an overly preachy message, something that we at Cancel Me Baby also very much appreciate. Yeah. So Yeah, I
1: figured, I figured. Well, thank you for having me. I, I, I love talking to you.
0: Likewise, best of luck with uh, your baby. I'm so excited to see how it goes.
1: Thanks, man.